0: five national championships, five gold medals, 42 years of sustained excellence. Welcome to Leadership Lessons from the GOAT, a special series on the Ed Leader Podcast featuring your host, Dr. Rob Jackson, with special guest, J.J. Jackson. Let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. I am absolutely excited to continue with this special series, Leadership Lessons from the Goat. Your feedback has been absolutely outstanding, and I appreciate how much you are encouraging me and my son JJ in this work we certainly enjoy having the opportunity to bring together our passions our joint passion for Duke Duke basketball and coach Mike Krzyzewski my passion for leadership and JJ's passion for sports in general we're having a lot of fun and I certainly am glad that you are having fun as well speaking of fun let's go J.J., it is so hard to believe that this final season with the GOAT at the helm of Duke men's basketball team is rapidly coming to a close. We talked about it before it started. We've talked about it during the season, and we're right here at the ninth hour. How's the season been for you, buddy?
1: Yeah, It's been a whole lot of fun to uh, to follow, Dad, talking about the Duke basketball team and Uh, It's the best time of year. March Madness is here. Everyone is filling out the bracket as we get set for the NCAA tournament coming up. And it's been a really fun season to watch. It's been very surreal knowing that this is it for Mike Krzyzewski, knowing that we will no longer see him coach a game from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium, but a lot to celebrate this season with Duke. They had uh, their first ACC regular season championship since 2006 which is really impressive. So the first time in over a decade that the Blue Devils were able to win an outright ACC title. They did share the title back in 2010, uh, but a fun season for them. They've had uh, several players earn end-of-season accolades, including Paulo Banquero being freshman of the year in the ACC, and Mark Williams and Wendell Moore Jr. were on the all-defensive team. So a lot of fun individual success, and this team still has one ultimate goal left in winning the sixth national championship.
0: Absolutely. It has been a great season. And it strikes me that when we recorded the third episode in this special series, and we want to say thank you to all the listeners for the incredible positive feedback we've received about this special series. When we were recording that episode, you were talking about, wouldn't it be great if the team was able to hang a banner this year? And we know they've accomplished that. As you said, they won the regular season outright. And so There's a banner for the Blue Devils. There's actually an opportunity for three banners in any given year, the regular season, the conference tournament, in this case, the ACC tournament, and then the national championship. And so, Joshua, it's a bit ironic that our last episode was about facing adversity, and we were probably hoping that there would not be a whole lot of adversity for the team Moving forward at that time, we talked about the adversity of the COVID pause they had um, around the Christmas holidays and the um, legal issues that a couple of the players had had. And we were kind of hoping adversity was beyond us. And then we got set for the final home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. I know we don't like to talk about it a whole lot, but but how did that night go for us?
1: Yeah, uh, a tough loss for Duke. Uh, They lost by 13 points to North Carolina. Duke gave up 94 total points in the game, the most that they had given up all season long. Duke had a seven-point lead with about 11 minutes to go in the second half, and North Carolina ended the game on a 38-20 run to win that basketball game. Just tough uh, way to end it. It was an emotional day for everybody involved, as nearly 100 former players were back to watch their coach. It truly did feel like Senior day for Coach K was the way Brendan Marks of The Athletic uh, described it to me on Locked On Blue Devils, the podcast I host. And, uh, yeah, not not the way you wanted the year or to end in terms of the regular season and certainly not the way you wanted Coach K's final home game to go. However, you know, you talk about some of the best Duke basketball players that have ever come through the program. They lost their final game from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. A little bit different when you've been coaching there for 42 years. Uh, But uh, certainly adversity involved in that because they could not walk away with a victory against North Carolina.
0: It was a tough, tough night. And I'm aware that um, not all of the listeners of the Ed Leader podcast are basketball aficionados or uh, maybe even not even athletics aficionados. And so they, they may not know a whole lot or may not have been tuned in to the final game. But one of the moments that you and I have talked about, and you've talked about it on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast was that very special moment after the game was over and Coach K uh, came back out uh, with his family. He was going to be honored by Duke University, but before any of that could take place, there was something that was incredibly important for him to do. What was it? What was the first thing he did once he hit the court um, after that last home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium?
1: Yeah, Dad, he, uh, he instantly walked out on the baseline of the basketball floor. They had pulled out some chairs for folks to sit in. And so Nina King is the director of athletics for Duke University. Vincent Price is the president. They were in chairs, and then so was Coach K's wife, Mickey, his three daughters. And then off to the side were Coach K's 10 grandchildren. And he first thing walked over to all of his grandchildren. They had sort of like a team huddle that you see in basketball. One of his grandsons, Michael Savarino, is currently on the Duke men's basketball team. So his sister ran over to grab him so that he would not miss out on that special moment. But uh, it was really surreal to see a 75-year-old head basketball coach hug 10 grandchildren on the floor after his final game.
0: I tell you what, it was surreal. It was absolutely beautiful and really speaks to some of the things we've talked about throughout this special series in terms of who Coach K, the man, is a man of integrity, a man whose core values are very apparent, um, someone who is known uh, to value his family. And in his biggest moment where there was just the world standing still to honor him, ESPN had spent the entire day. Uh, on campus and had all kinds of coverage, as you said, a hundred former players, many of them NBA stars in their own right, in the stands watching the ball game. And the first thing he did was gather up his grandchildren for this big team huddle. And so certainly it was a moment that um, was not lost on me and not lost on many as he celebrated this moment that was supposed to be all about him with his family. And then an enduring um, picture for me was as he was walking off the court when the game was finished. Um, his wife Mickey had come over, and the the TV showed the two of them walking back through the tunnel back to the locker room. And they seemed to reach out instantaneously at the same exact time for each other's hands and walk hand in hand down the tunnel. And we've seen that often throughout his career, um, but it's always wonderful in what could be a a a selfish moment to see um, someone that uh, we're holding up as a great leader who's demonstrating yet again what's really important in life, and that, of course, being family.
1: No, for sure, and and talking about uh, his wife being there side-by-side for him throughout his entire uh, professional career was certainly touching and a big moment addressing the entire crowd after the game went final in Cameron Indoor Stadium. You saw Coach K. Uh, reiterate the fact and kind of say it over and over again that family is never more important than basketball ever 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 is family more important than basketball and he wants all of his players and assistant coaches and fans Duke basketball fans to feel that way too because at the end of the day it is just a game it means a lot to a lot of us but uh, yeah it was really cool to see him like that.
0: Absolutely. Family is the most important thing, as he has said and as he has demonstrated, and I very much appreciate that. Well, as we turn our attention back to um, Coach K's book that we're kind of working our way through, Leading with the Heart, today we want to talk about something that the Duke basketball team uh, really needs to concentrate on, particularly with um, what they have ahead of them, and that is focus. And the topic for the leadership tenet we're pulling out today is focus and specifically focusing on the task at hand. In the chapter in the book, Coach K says, I believe a big part of leadership is about winning the moment. And so they left the regular season they headed off to the ACC tournament, had the opportunity to perhaps earn a second banner on top of the regular season banner. How did the ACC tournament go for them, JJ? Yeah, they
1: got a couple of wins. They defeated Syracuse and then defeated Miami in the semifinals of the tournament. Duke then went on to play Virginia Tech, a team that had never won an ACC tournament title before in their men's basketball program history, and a Virginia Tech team that Duke had already had the opportunity of Uh, defeating they beat them earlier in the season at a game played inside Cameron and so unfortunately in the ACC tournament final Duke lost by 15 to Virginia Tech Virginia Tech had one of their best performances of the entire season they had a player who averages just eight points a game go off and score 31 points against Duke and that's kind of the numbers that it takes to knock down a big team like like the Duke Blue Devils
0: I tell you what, it was. It was um, as they were winning their way through the tournament. I was getting excited, particularly after the loss to Carolina at the end of the regular season, and then to have that title game go the way it did. You just had to tip your hat to Virginia Tech. They had played really hard um, and had a player with a career day, as you said. And, and sometimes that's the way it happens. And so it kind of points back to that adversity piece. And so having gone through the ACC tournament winning two games losing in the title game they now turn their attention to the season Um, in many ways the part of the season that most fans pay attention to March Madness where Coach K says we're zero and zero again zero wins zero losses time to get started no better time than to focus on the task at hand and in describing The leadership lessons in uh, this particular leadership lesson, Coach K harkens back to the late 1980s where Duke is having a lot of success, several Final Four runs. In fact, just really doing everything but winning and talks about the 1990 title game against the UNLV, UNLV running Rebels. They go toe-to-toe with them in the championship game in 1990. How'd that go for them, J.J.? Uh,
1: did not go well, Dad, so <laughs> to speak. Uh, there, there are jokes of um, not getting off the bus for the Duke <laughs> men's basketball team. A lot of people felt like they uh, kind of were defeated before they even took the hardwood. Uh, fortunately for me, I was not even thought of in 1990 when that game was being played. Uh, and, and while I have seen a clip or two, that is not a game, Dad, that in my lifetime I've wanted to take the time to dig through the archives and watch the highlights, because looking at the score alone and a 30-point defeat that you had in a national championship game, it doesn't feel like I would see any highlights anyway.
0: No, not unless you wanted to watch the Running Rebels, who were an amazing <laughs> team, but as you mentioned the a- 30-point defeat, 103-73, to the highest scoring differential in the NCAA tournament final ever to that point and maybe ever still. And so to lose by 30 points um, is just amazing. And Coach K talks about losing this game by 30 points and talking to his mother following the game and his mother said what mothers say, which is what? What a mom say when something bad takes place? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, she said, and in fact, he quotes her and says, you'll do better. You'll do <laughs> better, Mikey. I can almost hear his mom saying, Mikey, you'll be fine. You'll do better, and so Coach K has just coached his team to this Largest loss ever in a title game, giving up 103 points to UNLV brings back most of the same team into the 1991 season. Um, And obviously, they were a great team, or they wouldn't have been in the title game in 1990. um, But they go running through the regular season in 1991, having a great season. They get to the final four. And there in front of them is who? UNLV. UNLV. UNLV.
1: They get get an opportunity for a rematch, of course, going back. And and this will result in the first national championship victory for Coach K. And so, uh, obviously, a good bit of motivation all season long, Dad, to avenge the loss that they had a season prior. It's March Madness, so you have no idea if UNLV is going to be the team waiting for you Once you get back to that last step, but fortunately for Duke, it was. And then I will add to in 1990, another difference between 90 and 91 is that in 1991, Duke had a freshman enter campus and Grant Hill joined the team to join superstars Bobby Hurley and Christian Laettner. So that made a bit of a difference in the uh, rematch that took
0: place. No question. Grant Hill is and was a special player and one of the best to pull on a, a Duke uniform. And so that certainly made a difference going into that 1991 season. Coach Kay, and talking about um, being prepared in those moments and being ready to uh, lead with the heart, preparing the team and being ready to focus on the task at hand, says when events beyond your control pull you away from your team, delegate as much as possible. And in the chapter, he talks about a crucial moment in that 1991 title game where Duke had just gone down by five points and Bobby Hurley's bringing the ball up and without looking at the bench, he shoots a very long three-point shot, swishes the basket, and Coach K felt like that was the turning point um, in the game because it shook the running rebels who had, who had just were used to just running all over everybody. Um, and suddenly, here's Duke not going away, not losing by 30, and they did go on to win that title game. As a coach, Josh was thinking about. Um, all the many games that, that you have watched and reported on for Duke University. Now, is that something that you see? I mean, he's saying here that as a leader, you should delegate as much as possible. But, you know, our walk talks louder than our talk talks. Does he walk that talk? Is he really delegating in games? Is he trusting his players to make decisions? Or is he really still making all those decisions himself?
1: No, I think it is typically Coach K trusting his players to go and and make the decisions because at the end of the day, you could coach them as hard as you want to, but the players still point blank period have to go out there on the floor and make the plays themselves. There is just no way. It's not a video game pops where a coach can take over a controller and want to do what the players need to be doing when that moment takes place. So, the ability to have trust and the utmost confidence in your players to get it done is something that, uh, Mike Krzyzewski clearly has. And uh, yeah, he's for sure making sure that his players have a uh, confidence and that, know that he does trust
0: them. JJ, that's a perfect segue to, to his next tip. Um, in this, this tenant, which is don't forget that each individual on your team needs to take responsibility for their own performance. And so as you think about him, I mean, I, just what you just said in terms of the players have to play, the coach can only coach, but do you see him like empowering players to take responsibility and then forcing them to own the outcomes of the decisions they make?
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's something that he does a very good job of doing and, 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 you know, voicing that to his players. You think about some of the best shooters in the history of basketball, Uh, Stephen Curry being one of them, now being the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the sport. If you miss shots, keep taking them because you know you can make them. You've seen it go in time and time and time again. And oftentimes Mike Krzyzewski will talk about the fact that some coaches want you to stop shooting if the ball is not falling, if shots aren't falling, because you don't need to be selfish. You don't need to be a ball hog. You need to give other players the opportunity to make plays. But that's not Coach K. He knows – Who his best guys are. He knows how to scheme up a successful offense for his team. And so he is going to find a way to make sure his best players continue to make plays and have the opportunity
0: to make those plays. Absolutely. I I absolutely agree. And I appreciate that so much as a leadership tenant. I believe it's the work of leaders. To increase the capacity of all those that they serve with and help prepare them for that moment when they need to make a decision, whether it's a teacher in a classroom or a basketball player on a court or a principal in a building or a superintendent in a school system or a a business owner making a decision for the business, um, helping all those around us be prepared to serve to their best ability is critical and a critical part of being a leader. Coach K says, in order to be an overwhelming adversary, it takes unbelievable focus and concentration. My feeling is, JJ, as the weekend dawns, as Duke University heads into the NCAA tournament for Coach K's last run, you've said before that our sights are on six, hoping to Play and win six games and come home with the sixth national championship for Duke University and coach Mike Shashevsky, that it's going to require unbelievable focus and concentration. How do you see this tournament going, JJ? Uh, I'm forever the
1: optimist, Dad. So I think that they can get it done. Obviously, you look at uh, the situation that Duke's been put in, they're in the West region, they're the two seed within that region, paired with the number one overall seed in the tournament. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, a team that Duke has already defeated once this year in a neutral site game played in Las Vegas. This weekend, Duke gets started by taking on Cal State Fullerton, and then they'll have a matchup with the winner of Michigan State and Davidson. And I do think uh, that Duke's got a great chance of getting out of this Greenville, South Carolina portion of the schedule before heading to San Francisco next week to compete in the regional finals, which would be the Sweet 16 and then Elite 8. So I'm going to be optimistic. I do keep telling people uh, that this Duke basketball team is the most talented team in the entire country. When you look at the number of players on the roster that will be drafted to play at the next level in the NBA, and now it's just a matter of making sure uh, they could play better defense like they were doing at the start of the season and that they're knocking down shots from the outside.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. And I'm looking forward to the start of March Madness, the NCAA tournament. And I'm looking forward to our next opportunity to continue to share leadership lessons from the GOAT. And in fact, we'll tease a little bit our next episode, which hopefully will be um, rolling out during the tournament that Duke is very much still a part of. And then our final episode when the season concludes, and hopefully we will be celebrating that sixth national title. But regardless, we'll be uh, together once again to kind of bring this special series on the Ed Leader podcast to a um, to a wrap. But in preparing for our next episode, um, I certainly want to tease a story that we've mentioned that we would be sharing. In the second episode of the special series, you talked about the first time you met Coach K. Next time, I want us to spend some time talking about you meeting Coach K during the tournament and during the first couple of rounds, because that certainly is a special story that I think speaks to the character and quality of Coach Mike Krzyzewski. JJ, as always, thank you for your time, buddy. Dad,
1: I, I do this for an occupation. I do this for a career, and I hear you tell me uh, very, very frequently how proud you are of me. Yes, I am. I must say this. I am very proud of that show tease that you just gave everybody for what's coming up next. So that was quite remarkable, and I can't wait to be back with you. Love you,
0: Dad. I love you too, buddy. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.